I want you to open your Bibles to Proverbs 17, 17, but we're going we're gonna to jump around in Proverbs today. We're going, see, I saw it. I saw it. You cannot run from the yawn. You can't. And you can't run from the preacher because he's looking right at you. I'm not going to call any names. I promise. I'm not. Here's the thing. Today we're going to have fun. Okay? We're going to uh, enjoy God's Word today. Say amen, somebody. So here's the thing that I realize is that you know, so often I hear these things, well, I don't get anything out of the Bible. I don't get anything out of reading God's Word. You know, all I hear is you've got to do this. And I get in, it's so boring, it's so hard to understand, and it's so this and so that. And I want to tell you this, we have got to get in our point in our life where not only we cherish and enjoy reading God's Word, but like we are driven to God's Word, that we can't live without God's Word, that it's passionate to us. That it is our driving force for every single day. Like we have to have God's Word. And today is an encouragement from God's Word. Today is, is the, the title is A True Friend. And we know that we're chronologically studying the Bible. And we know that we've seen you know, genealogies and we've seen uh, all, the, all the exodus and all the things that went along with that. And it just... Seems a little monotonous at times. All the rules and regulations God had on the Israelites and all these things. When you create a nation and you create a people, you kind of got to do different things, right? And so there's this respite, if you will, of King Solomon. And he's going to be writing the Proverbs to his son so that he can pass on the wisdom that he has. You know, I was, I was reading... Um, Yesterday and this morning, and I was just thinking how sad it is that the wisest man ever to live, King Solomon, at the end of his life, turned from God. Let the distractions of, and like he literally disobeyed God by marrying the wrong women. Now I know that's a weird thing too. I said women plural, and that's, I just can't even fathom that, right? Because... I get in trouble with one all the time. You know what I mean? Can't even imagine all that. Okay? Different crazy stuff. But he disobeyed God at the end. Don't you want your end to be like you're more faithful? You know? And I'm like, gosh, it's so sad to me. He had everything. Somebody say everything. And yet at the end, he turned his back. God, however, is so good that he continued to bless him a little bit, you know? Continue to show favor on him because he loves him. Here's the thing. Today, we're going to see something that's so practical for us. That it can go out. You can take this today and it can change you. So if you're one of those people that's ever struggled in the word of God. Today is your day. And by the way, I'm a huge proponent of Proverbs in general. Proverbs, Solomon speaks clearly, precisely, says exactly what he's trying to say, and we need to just pay attention to it, okay? We need to apply, somebody say apply, the wisdom that we learn from Proverbs. A true friend is one of those things. He talks a lot about being a friend. I love how our chronological Bible takes Proverbs and it 
and it puts them in categories. You know, because how can you really chronological which one happened first or how do you know and all that? But so what they did was they took it in categories and you have this whole section on being a friend. I want, I want you to raise your hand if you've got a friend. Keep it up. Keep it up. Kind of want to play that little song, you know? Put your hands down. Everybody's got a friend, right? Now, don't raise your hand on this one. Does anybody have a true friend? I said don't raise your hand. Charles Carter, longtime pastor at Shades Mountain, uh, is in a friendship group with three people, and I, one of them I don't know where I don't know where they're you know living or past or whatever. I know one of them has passed away, but you had uh, Charles T. Carter from Shades Mountain, who I, I had the joy and privilege of being with last year and uh, presenting an award to. Just a great man of God. He's been a mentor to me and about a thousand other pastors, you know, all over the place. And uh, I heard him preach one time on friendship. And he said this, he said, I've got three friends. And you're going, you got more than three friends? What are you talking about? You've got, you know all these people, you, we've had lunch, we're, we're friends, buddy, right? And he said, I've got three friends. And he went on to explain what friendship was and what it meant and all these things. And today we're going to unpack some of that. And he said, Charles T. Carter's in this group. Charles Q. Carter is, was a pastor at Jonesboro, Georgia, you might have heard of First Baptist Jonesboro down there because there's another person named Truett Cathy. You might have heard of him. And that those three guys were like these, these you know, the three amigos, if you will. Um, and, and they loved and trusted each other. And there was this friendship core that grew deep, deep, deep. And when you begin to define what the word friendship is, you're like, wow, you're lucky to have one friend in this world. Because what we have to do is strip away the, the exterior of what we consider a friend sometimes and go deep into what God says about being a friend. And so today we're going to do that in, in Proverbs. We're going to start with this kind of this theme verse. We're going to start and end with this verse. I'm going to throw it at you, but we're going to go through some other scripture today. It says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a difficult time. That's in Proverbs 17, 17. And if you're like me and you memorize scripture in the King James Version, it says, a friend loves at all time and a brother is born for adversity. That's right. Okay. So you're, you're, you're thick and thin. A lot of people that call you friend don't show up when it's adverse. They don't show up when it's tough. They don't show up when it's hard. They're not really that great of a friend. The friendship is more surface level. I didn't say family, by the way. Okay? You're going to have lots of family. You're going to have your physical flesh and blood family. And there's family that you'd do anything for, right? I mean, I got 15 first cousins right now. I could call any one of them and they'd do anything I, I ask or needed. You know, they'd be right there. They'd love me. But friendship is different. It could be deeper. It could be deeper than family. We've got our church family, our oikos. It's the same way. 
If I needed something right now, I feel like I could call just about anybody in this room, especially if you're in the oikos here, in the fellowship, a, a member of Crossroads, and say, hey, this is a real need that I have. By the way, if you get a text from me saying I need money, that is not from me. Okay, I'm just letting you know that things going out there with preachers, I don't know how they're doing it, and they know who you are, and they got it all figured out. If you get a text from me asking for you to go buy me gift cards, just, just laugh and whatever and say, no, thank you, okay? It's not me. But there could be a day I call you, and there could be a day I need you, and that's family, and that's oikos. But there are going to be people that are different. They're going to be friends that go deeper. They're going to be friends you laugh with, you cry with. They're going to be friends that hold you accountable, that get in your face and say some things that you don't want to hear, but you know they're right. Let's see what Proverbs says to his son, what Solomon says to his son. A friend loves at all time, and a brother's more for a difficult time. First of all, Proverbs 27.10. We've got to be faithful if we're going to be a true friend. Don't abandon your friend or your father's friend. And don't go to your brother's house in your time of calamity. Better a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. A faithful friend goes the distance for the long haul. It seems like in this life that you won't have many faithful friends. You're going to have some good friends. But you're going to have some faithful friends. That word faith is a huge word to unpack, to see that, man, they believe in you. They've got your back. They're right there with you. They're in the hard times. They're in the good times. They're doing life with you. And you probably right now are even maybe, maybe writing down middle notes of who those friends are. You know, and it's probably not more than 10. You know, it's probably not more than five. That you've really got those people that are there. You don't even have to call. Remember how I just said, if I called you and I needed something, you'd be there for me? Well, a, a real faithful friend probably doesn't even need the phone call. They're probably right there. One of my faithful friends sent me a text message this morning. You know, one of those, those cool verbal vocal text messages, you know? And I got this text message and, and it wasn't, necessarily encouraging me or anything it was literally updating me on his life and some very hard decisions that are coming up because we've been almost talking every single day a faithful friend goes the distance a faithful friend can handle your scars can handle your warts your bad days, your bad hair days. They can handle your victories. They can handle accountability. Faithfulness goes the difference, goes the distance, sorry. The next thing is hand in hand with a faithful friend. And by the way, I don't usually do this. I had a little fun uh, last year. God gave this to me. It's an acrostic of the word friend, okay? You'll see that on your paper there. And it's like this. It's faithful and then reliable. Very close, little different. Proverbs 13, 20 says, The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Wisdom in relationships makes that relationship reliable. Not flashy, 
not slick, but solid and reliable. Have you ever stepped on something that you thought was solid and reliable and it gave way and maybe you fell? Have you ever sat down on a chair that you thought was solid and reliable and you ended up on the ground? Don't show me your hands, okay? All right. It's embarrassing when that happens, right? Especially if you're with some people. You're sitting down in a chair and you're like, oh goodness, and, and you, you miss it or whatever and you fall. I was with a guy recently in a very public place. Thank goodness it was him and not me, right? Miss sat and fell on the floor. And what do you do, right? Not a reliable chair, not a reliable seat. You want to be a reliable friend. You want to be there when they need you. You want them to be there when you need them. Reliability matters. And it counts. I want to say an aside here. If you're in a friendship with somebody, sometimes this is important too. We know, we know this in marriage. This is important. If you have high expectations with no communications, guess what you're going to get? You're going to probably be disappointed and hurt. Okay? So if you have a friendship and you want it to be reliable, you have to have open and honest conversation. I mentioned the, the friend that texted me this morning this verbal message and recording. About a month ago, this friend disappeared from my life, it felt like. Like, what is going on? No answer the phone, no text back, no anything. Well, like, where are you? And I didn't realize all the things that were going on in their life. But I did realize this, that I needed my friend and it wasn't good when I felt like that reliability was gone. Obviously it wasn't. It was more of a contextual, circumstantial issue. But the reality in our life is that reliability matters when it comes to our friendships. Again, today is kind of this conversation. We're going to have fun. We're going to figure this out. We're going to talk about friendships. But the truth of the matter is, if we really get honest, and if I said, don't raise your hand on this question, you know, have you ever been hurt by a friend? I know the answer. You probably have been hurt by a friend. You probably have been let down by someone that you call a friend and you realize the reliability factor is not very strong in that relationship. You realize that at the end of the day, they're not really that good a friend. And you might have had to just pick yourself up off the ground and just move on. Or you might have had to have a very hard conversation and fix it. Figure it out. What are the next steps? Are we going to be in this true friendship. But that friend. That sticks closer than a brother. You know that one. Is faithful. And is reliable. And is also intentional. This is a big one. Proverbs 18.24 says. One with many friends may be harmed. But there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. Intentionality. Is focused. And it's determined. It's very intentional in what it does. That friendship goes the distance. It makes a difference. It makes a phone call. It shows up at your front steps. 
It's who you call when you're truly in need. There was a time in our lifetime that I felt like this was huge. And you could see it. You could see pockets rising of true friends. And it was during these COVID stay-at-home thing, right? This lockdown. I know for us, we just make a phone call and say, hey, what y'all doing? Come over here. No, just bring your chair and let's just sit and talk outside. Your true friends are those that you call when you're at that moment of need, at that moment of doing life that you can't go that by yourself stage. You need somebody with you. And there's an intentionality about that. Like, let's just be real about it. You're going to call that friend and not other people. Okay? Because you need that friend. You're going to be that intentional. I'm going to go and meet their need. You're going to go and knock on the door even though they didn't call you and say, please come. You're going to be there because you love them. Because you care for them. Because you want them to know that you are a true friend. The best part about the intentionality on that, you don't even have to do it to let them know you are a true friend. They already know that you're a true friend. And it's being intentional that shows it. It's being intentional that proves it, if you will. There's another thing about intentionality that you have to remember here in friendship. An intentional friend will say the hard stuff. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, if you're calling somebody a friend that will not be accountable with you, that will not say the hard stuff, they're not a strong, true friend. I'm just letting you know. Because the Scripture talks about it all over the place about accountability. Proverbs 27, 17 says that we're sharpened by each other. Do you make it an intentional practice to sharpen your friends? Do you make it an intentional practice to allow yourself to be sharpened by them? Don't you just love, last week we talked about constructive criticism. Don't you just love it? You know? Let me just get my cell phone out so you can just call me and give me some constructive criticism today. I'm kidding. I'm not giving you that. I mean, the truth of the matter is we've got to be willing to say the hard stuff intentionally. We've got to be willing to receive the hard stuff intentionally. It only makes us a better, stronger friend. It is what goes the distance. Faithful, reliable, intentional, and then a friend is also entrusted. Proverbs 27, 8 and 9 says, Anyone wandering from his home is like a bird wandering from its nest. Oil and incense bring joy to the heart, and the sweetness of a friend is better than self-counsel. So many times we get into self-counsel, but what we really need is a friend. That's that counsel. The entrusted counsel of a true friend. That's the reason 
why God has, I believe, given me the heart to hear from and share with and do life with some other pastors. Because there's a trust level of someone who's in the trenches with you. You know what I mean? You have this, this, this counterpart that's doing the same thing you're doing, but yet you're able to spend life and do life together and you're able to have those phone calls. You're able to have that time where you, there, there's one guy in the last couple of years, God's just given me a, a trust. The trust factor has gone through the roof. Nick and Hannah had a, had a breakdown with their car, had a little car trouble over in Georgia in the, that, that area of state line, Alabama and Georgia and whatever. And my buddy's over there and it was a busy weekend kind of thing. And he said, look, he said, I'll go help them and get them. And then I'll just give them my church bus and they can take that on their vacation. Now that would have been amazing, right? <laughs> but that, what did that do? What did that do to our friendship? It didn't have to play out that way, but just the offering itself. I'll sacrifice time. I'll, I'll give your son what he needs. I'll help him out because I was already way far away and he could be right there and you can have our church bus. The trust level went way up. The friendship deepened. The, hey, I can't wait to share a meal with you and really commune again raises, right? Those things that, that, that prove trust go really far. And I guess the question for you and I on this, are you trustworthy? Are you a trusting friend? When someone tells you something, I know, you're, I know it's burning on the phone is that you can't wait to tell 10 other people. But if a friend trusts you with something, it's like this. Do they even have to say to you, hey, by the way, I don't want anybody to know this. Because if they have to say that to you, it may be just a little sign that maybe your trustworthy level is not so high. Not all the time. I understand. But sometimes you can get in those faithful, reliable, intentional, and entrusted relationships where they trust you so much, they don't even have to say that. You know what I'm talking about. Where it's a safe place to sit down with you and have a conversation because they trust you. And we know trust is either 100% or it's not at all, right? You can't sort of trust somebody. You can't partly trust somebody. It's just not possible. You can't 80% trust somebody because that's 0%. Okay? It's either all or nothing when it comes to trust. Because what you're really doing is you're putting yourself in their arms. You're putting yourself in their life. You're putting yourself in their trust. And you know that you're safe and sound and fine. Because they got you. Solid counsel creates trust in a friendship. Then in verse I just mentioned earlier, 27:17, iron sharpens iron, and one person sharpens another. We have to talk about this verse. We have to talk about this verse. One man sharpens another man, one woman sharpens another woman. Let me just go ahead and go out here on the limb and I just want to speak practically to you. 
You ready? It's intentional here in Scripture. It's not a man and a woman. Okay? It's not. It's all about us sharpening each other. One man sharpens another man. One woman sharpens another woman. And the reason here is so that we can stay sharp. You are investing in someone when you keep them accountable. The investment is so... And by the way, I hope you like what I did here. just a little creative because I couldn't think of a better end, right? Did y'all see that? We've got to be invested. That accountability piece, that comes in such big play here. If you've got a friend and you say they're a friend, but you can't ask that hard question, they may not be your friend. If you've got a hard question to ask, and you need to ask it, and you've been putting it off, putting it off, let me encourage you to pray about it. Figure out a way to have that conversation, just you and them. Don't have to be with everybody else. Just the two of them. The two of you. It'll show if you're invested or not. Because you want to have return on that investment down the road. If you're invested. You want to see things, fruit come from that relationship. From that friendship. The only way to do it is true accountability. Biblically. Investing in this type of relationship. This is critically important. It's the same way as in the financial markets. It's about the long game. It's about not the, the get rich quick scheme. Give me a buddy quick thing. It's about the long game. Is it going to grow deeper? Is it going to grow stronger? Is it going to grow better? That's how you know if you're invested or not. If you're willing to go the distance, ask the hard questions, do the hard things. It may mean that you just go sit in a hospital room with family members that aren't even your friend. But it's their family members. It may mean that you go do manual labor that you weren't counting on doing that day, but it needs to be done. It may mean that you hold somebody accountable to some line that was crossed. It's just part of being invested. And then finally, back to Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for a difficult time. Are you devoted? Are you a devoted friend? Do you truly love that person? Do you truly make strides to walk in the agape love of God? This true fellowship. You know, I said earlier that uh, Charles Carter said of all these people he knows, which he knows way more than me, and all this kind of influence he's had all over the world and all over the whatever. He said, I've got three friends. You know, I, just to be completely honest, I haven't really sat down and said, okay, who is my true friend? I know that I've had friends along the way that have sticked closer to a brother. I know that I've had people along the journey. I feel like there's three or four men right now that if I made a phone call, 
And I said, I need you. And they said, well, how long will it take me to get to you? And they said, give me about 15 extra minutes and I'll be there. But I can tell you this. That it's not this huge number of people. It's really not even a big number of people. But that's okay. The question is, are you living the lifestyle? Of a true friend so that you can make and be a true friend. Are you seeking it out the way God wants you to? The way Solomon even talks to his son about it? Is it something in your life that is permeating each step to be this kind of person? Bottom line. You ready? It's a character issue. It's a character issue for all of us. The question at the end of the page, at the top of the page, wherever you write it, is my character the character of a true friend? Let's pray. Lord, as we have come today with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we want to hear from you. We know that you have things that you want to say to us, God. And we want to only be faithful to that. Lord, you have said in your word how we can be true friends, how we can show the character of a friend in our life. God, I pray you make it a reality. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.